0: City Quick Connect podcast is brought to you by the Municipal Association of South Carolina. Hey everybody, this is Casey Fields, your manager for municipal advocacy and welcome to our first, well, not really our first, our second, but first episode of the 2021 legislative session on City Quick Connect podcast. I welcome back my long-standing, ever-present, always knowledgeable guest, Scott Flatten.
1: Thank you very much, Casey. I would that that was our preseason recording that we. uh, This is the regular, the kickoff of the regular season. The
0: regular season. It's like the football season or the baseball season. I feel like you know we're out of spring training and we are, we're hitting it. We're in there.
1: And 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 just like in the NFL and college, there are no fans in attendance at the General Assembly right now so it's just the players
0: and coaches that is that's is correct and I, and I'll tell you what I I think that's a good idea scott you know the the twitter kind of blew up uh last week with members disclosing their positive cases i think that's probably a good idea <laughs> yeah
1: probably so we had several legislators that admitted that they were having to enter the protocol and right if i had to guess i would bet there're probably others that uh, have not disclosed it
0: let me let me go back and start from the beginning just a little bit. Um, everybody saw the dome from Friday, and you know that the House Ways and Means Committee is currently holding both virtual and in person, but more virtual than in person, um, subcommittee meetings to prepare the the budget for 2021-22 20, fiscal year. A couple of those subcommittee hearings we have been directly involved in. The constitutional subcommittee, which met about three weeks ago at this point, on local government funding. And, Scott, you want to talk a little bit about that and how how we've jumped in on local government funding?
1: Yeah. So, of course, everybody will recall that a couple of years ago the General Assembly uh, changed the law with regard to how the local government fund is distributed so that it now tracks with the ups and downs of the state budget itself. So if the state budget goes up 3%, the local government fund goes up 3%. So, if the, you know, uh, conversely, if the state budget goes down, uh, so would the local government fund. And so, of course, the, the first year that the law was in place, which was last fiscal year, last year. Right,
0: right, it was um, passed in 2019. So right. the first and, time, right.
1: Right, and so, but because of COVID and the fact that the General Assembly did not pass a fiscal year 21 budget then the local government fund was frozen at the fiscal year 20 level uh, right. so it didn't go up or down. In testimony, Joni Nichol uh, on our staff who's one of our new lobbyists, she uh, testified remotely that right. uh, the Municipal Association and cities and towns support the uh, funding of the local government fund according to the, the law. And, uh, the county association, of course, had the same sentiment. And, uh, representative Bruce Bannister from Greenville, who was the chairman of the Con- constitutional subcommittee, said that the general assembly, and he was quite clear and adamant about this, that the general assembly was dedicated to funding the local government fund according to the, uh, according to the law, uh, the, the law right. as it was, as it was changed a few years ago. And that he, and of course, while we, we expressed, Johnny expressed our understanding and appreciation for the difficulty that the General Assembly is going to face with regard to the budget. Representative Bannister acknowledged that and said he appreciated it, but reiterated again that uh, it is their intent to fund it according to the law. So right, um, right. we all, you know, as, as we understand right now, the General Assembly, the, the budget has a little bit of a surplus. Uh, I don't see that the local government fund will backtrack. It at the at, at worst, I would expect it to probably stay where it is, but we'll just have to see what happens after it gets out of ways and means onto the house floor, and then of course over to the Senate.
0: Right, right, and we're a long way away. This is just yes. very, very much the beginning. So that's right. Um, we got a long way to go with that, but we're hopeful, I would say, um, and we have started off on the right track and been you know, very assertive and aggressive in our ask and to make sure that they understand that we're following, we agreed to the law, we expect them to follow it. So
1: Absolutely, yeah.
0: Um, and then also, Erica, our another new lobbyist that we have on staff, she is following the healthcare, the Ways and Means, House Ways and Means Healthcare Subcommittee because of the naloxone issue. Um, one of our advocacy initiatives as brought up by the city of Myrtle Beach is expanding the availability of naloxone or the brand name Narcan for as an opioid antidote to be available for first responders. And Erica sent a letter and has been in touch with Dayotis. Um, yeah. Erica sent a letter. You want to talk a little bit about that? Like she sent a letter to the subcommittee offering support.
1: Yeah. So Dayotis is the state agency that is tasked with trying to reduce dependency on alcohol, drugs, any other kind of stimulants, I suppose. And so through that office, the naloxone is being made available to first responders. And the city of Myrtle Beach pointed out that some cities, particularly full-time medically licensed fire departments are having to pay for doses of naloxone whereas unlicensed uh, un, uh, and, and mostly non-full-time fire departments are receiving naloxone doses for free mm-hmm. so that's a, a disparity that we have set about trying to remedy and Dayotis went before the Healthcare subcommittee of ways and means to make their budget request. Erica Wright, who's uh, our other lobbyist on staff, was, has been coordinating very closely with Dayotis. She submitted a letter of our support for solving this naloxone disparity problem, and De Otis, the director of Dayotis uh, specifically mentioned that during her testimony and, and budget request. During the subcommittee, so um, Erica is continuing to work with Deotis and the appropriate officials at DHEC to not only attempt to find um, more grant monies, but certainly make support the request for recurring funds in the state budget to keep these naloxone programs going because they are funded by federal grant funds that run out in August of this year uh, one right. of them does uh, there's another that runs out very soon as well so in the absence of that potential federal funding we along with dayotus have made that request for recurring funds in the state budget now you know what the likelihood of that Getting put into the budget is I I couldn't say, but we're we're certainly working towards that that end. Potentially other solutions like finding a statewide contract or vendors who can offer these doses to everyone at a a lower cost than what some of the agencies are having to pay now. But Erica, staying on top of that again early in the game, and uh, we'll we'll keep working until we can find some sort of solution for everybody.
0: That, that sounds great. Those are the two main things last week that we were involved in. In addition to tracking bills that are in the tracking system, I think we've got over two hundred at this point and adding them every day when the when the intros when the new bills are introduced every day and we go through those and add bills to our tracking system. Also what I wanna I want to talk about getting ready for this week. So the well, house is be, not go be, ahead
1: well b- before we go there Casey let me okay. just mention that one thing that we're not necessarily involved in but we are tracking I've been tracking very closely is the Santi Cooper legislation That's right. That's uh right. those efforts that are taking place of course the house had a an ad hoc committee that has written a bill that was uh passed out onto the house floor last week and for, is on the house calendar for debate This bill, which is House Bill 3194, would open up the bids for Santee Cooper. It would uh, not make one specific bidder a preferred bidder. It would then also provide for the sale of Santee Cooper, not in whole, unless that were something that could be acceptable, but also it could be sold off in parts. And barring a sale, then the bill contemplates and would require reform of Santee Cooper as a state agency. So mm-hmm. we're following. We're going to follow that real closely, and that's because of the potential effects that uh, that legislation could have on our electric cities. And then we're following right. the the two the two committee subcommittees uh in the Senate, the Senate Judiciary Subcommittee and the uh, Yeah, the Senate Judiciary Subcommittee and the Senate Finance Subcommittee that are both uh taking looks at Santee Cooper but in with very different lenses. So we're, we're we're keeping an eye on that even though we're not necessarily directly involved with it.
0: Right. And that's that is a great to point that out. I'm glad you stopped me from talking about the schedule this week to talk about that that's an important thing going on in our state. It's been going on for a long time. But I hope that it'll come to some kind of end, well, sometimes soon.
1: <laughs> well, I think it's important for everybody to understand that Santee Cooper and now the fetal heartbeat bill that was passed out of a Senate Medical Affairs subcommittee uh, last week, those two items are going to take up a lot of the oxygen in the General Assembly at some point during the session, which means they'll be taking those up. At, to the detriment of moving forward with other pieces of legislation, so right. everybody needs to understand our issues in those in that context as we go forward.
0: And, and you know, we also assume that this is going to be a regular session; that there won't be any long pauses or anything like that. So, in the context of a lot of big issues, and that that doesn't even mention there's been another limited liability, um, the COVID safe harbor bill introduced yep. this session. There's been a lot of other. Big issue bills of open carry, constitutional carry of handgun. You know, there, there's been a lot of, there's been a lot of things introduced that are really big, controversial bills. So, um, (laughs) uh, that just doesn't look good for the smaller things, but nevertheless. So,
1: so so you mentioned it. Uh, not only do we have the potential delays because of policy debate, but we are also going to have potential delays because of physical threats. Let's say.
0: Right. Right. I I believe the state newspaper published an article last week about the potential for armed protesters. Is that right?
1: Yes. Yes. The General Assembly will not meet this week. Well, let me back up. The House is not going to meet in general in session uh, in person. person, person. Yeah. uh, This week. They're going to meet by, by way of subcommittee committees virtually. Right. Uh, the, the speaker announced last week that this would give all of the committees the opportunity to try out their virtual meeting skills. Right. And, uh, <laughs> and, and some of them are very good at it. We've already talked about yeah, ways are. and means. Ways and means have yeah. the been meeting they've virtually their subcommittees. They've, they've been doing a really good job. And a lot and Scott, all of the I activity. They're ahead.
0: using Microsoft Teams, correct? I think that, that's what they're using is their platform. I believe that's right. I believe yeah. that's
1: right. And and of course, there was a lot of committee activity that took place last fall and uh, and prior to the holidays. So most of them are are pretty well pretty are pretty practiced at it.
0: Right, and they're all being um, even if the meeting is virtual, you don't have to have the meeting login or the code to watch the meeting. You can still watch it. It's live broadcast from the website. That's right. So you don't have to have a special a special code if you want to watch those.
1: Well, it's just like if they were streaming a live a, right. in-person meeting. meeting. You just right. you just click on the link and you watch. Right. It. The Senate is going to will not meet tomorrow or Wednesday. They intend to come back into session on Thursday. It's and and as you mentioned, the state newspaper told us. Why? One reason, of course, is because of the spike in COVID cases. And we just mentioned a minute ago, although this wasn't the reason that, that the speaker and uh, President Harvey Peeler cited, it, you know, the COVID cases in the chambers, in the bodies are, 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 you know, being disclosed. Right. But then also this, the physical threats that law enforcement has made all of us aware with regard to the protests around the inauguration of President elect Biden. Biden, right. All all fifty state capitals have been apparently threatened and there in response here in Columbia, there is a very visible and significant uh police present law presence, law enforcement presence. It is it is very visible the state house campus, I have no doubt, would be quite secure right. and very safe. But the the blocks surrounding the campus, like ours at the municipal association, we're a block and a half from the state house campus. We will not be uh, going into our office this week because of the potential for physical threats downtown our right. buildings our buildings going to be locked down of course we've been working on a, a hybrid schedule off and on we've been here lately because of the numbers of covid cases have been going on going up we've been working on uh, only in person at the office on an as needed basis right so we we haven't been coming in a whole lot anyway but because of this physical threat we are not going to be in the office, any of us, unless it is absolutely necessary. And even then, it's going to be limited access in terms of security features because of this. Uh, and, and, you know, the, everybody we've read, we've read in the newspapers and seen in the media that the, the threat is going to be ongoing uh, yesterday, of course, today, tomorrow, Wednesday, and who knows how long after. We'll just, after what happened, Week before last at the at the U.S. Capitol, right? You just you just don't know at this point, so right. uh, it's better better that we stay away from and, and stay safer than right. uh, go in and, and try and run that gauntlet to to try and conduct the state's business.
0: Safe and sorry. Yes. Yes. Um, is there anything else we need to share? I, I do want to um, just remind everybody about from the dome to your home. It's going to give you all the information we've got. Hometown Legislative Week coming up in a couple of weeks with all of our online content that we've been working on for a while now. Really, really pleased with that. Really excited about that information being pushed out. We've got the City Quick Connect podcast, which you're listening to now, all four of you. I want to shout out again, Captain Roy for always being one of our dedicated listeners. Uh, We honestly should get T-shirts made or hats or something, you know. Dan Patrick has a lot of merch. I don't know why we can't have the merch.
1: Yeah, and I listen to a, a racing podcast called Door Bumper Clear, and they they what? give out Look
0: here. they why give up t- t-shirts. Scott, we need a we need we need a like a subsidiary title of this podcast. It's like so City City Quick Connect Podcast presents, like they're our main sponsor. <laughs> you know, like they're the one that's wrapping our our car.
1: But then we've got yeah. like
0: double bubble. Yeah. We've got like you know, yeah. we've got Exxon. We've got some other sponsors that aren't necessarily wrapping the car. Anyway, back to your podcast.
1: Yeah, a friend of mine uh, put he put he tweeted something the other night, or no, he Instagrammed something the other night and hashtagged and added a whole bunch of uh, local businesses. And uh, somebody commented, "Hey, it looks sounds like you're a, a NASCAR driver there because you're mentioning." Mentioning all right. your sponsors, which right. which we need to, we need to get we need to get some sponsors. To, listen, I gotta
0: get some sponsors. All right. Well.
1: So, with, with regard to hometown legislative action week, you can go to www.masc.sc. Type in the keyword Hlad, H L A D, and you can go there and sign up to receive the content pieces directly into your email box the week of. Hometown Legislative Action Week, which of course is starts on Monday, February the first. So that way you don't have to come to the website. You can you can act. You can get it directly in your in your box, your email box. So if you didn't want to take those extra couple of clicks, come in and register, and it's free. That it doesn't cost anything. Right. Uh, just a little, just a few minutes of your time to watch those videos and uh, hopefully get a little bit of uh, help in your advocacy efforts with legislators.
0: Everybody, I want to just reiterate what we've been talking about for what seems like 10 years, but it's not even been one year. Make sure to wear your mask. Don't gather in huge groups. Socially distance from others. Um, If you're in the community, DHEC, you know, not requires, but certainly urges you to get tested monthly. Wash your hands after you've been anywhere or use um, the hand sanitizer, Uh, that seems to be widely available right now. Stay home if you're sick. What am I missing, Scott? I feel like I've been saying this forever.
1: I think that's pretty much it. Order lots of takeout. Get takeout.
0: If you're over 70 or a first responder or a hospital employee, get your vaccine. And in no part do I have any, uh, there's Pfizer is not a sponsor of this podcast or Moderna. (laughs) I just read, I'm ready for the kids to get back to school and for you know, everybody's parents and grandparents to be safe.
1: You know, Pfizer has sponsored, I think, uh, Jack Roush's number six car in the past. I think that's right. I may be, may be mixing that up. But they've been a sponsor in racing for a long time. We need to we need to get, there, get well, them on our listen, quarter panels there.
0: After we get done today, I'm picking up the telephone. I'm going to have somebody sponsor something, and I don't know what it's going to be about.
1: What what's the company that Greg Habib works for? The mayor of Goose Creek. Uh, oh
0: yeah yeah. It's
1: like a recycling company or
0: some I something can't you know
1: we could put that on the, <laughs> on the side if of our anyone
0: car. could get us a sponsor. <laughs> it would be Mayor Habib. Yeah
1: that's right that's right.
0: <laughs> Thanks everybody for listening this week. Take care of yourself and take care of others and we'll talk to you next week.